You are unique. There's no other person on the planet who is exactly like you. And you were created this way on purpose. The Bible says Jesus came to give us not just life, but life to the full. This podcast is dedicated to helping you learn about who God made you to be and how to live life to the full. We're so glad you stopped by. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the New Year's episode of the Uniquely You podcast. And Happy New Year, by the way. We are so glad you're here. Yes, we are. And don't forget, this year we're going to every other week. Yes. So we're here this week and then we'll be back in two weeks. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about New Year's, but I almost forgot. I am Emily Honey and I'm here with my mom <laughs> and co-host, Charlie Glenn. I mean, you probably know who we are, but just in case you don't, here we That's are. That's right. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Welcome back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm always takes me so long to change the date for the year. It's going to be yeah. tricky, 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 especially because last year felt so long. So, you know, it did. And but, yet it's over, which just astounds me. <laughs> yes. Slow and fast all at the same time. Yeah. So this week, because it's the first week of January, or I guess we're just finishing the first week of January, we're going to talk a little bit about New Year's resolutions because I think that's interesting and I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> so we're going to. Um, so mom, do you make New Year's resolutions? I do not. I stopped doing that a long time ago because it was just an exercise in futility. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Jeremy and I do goals usually, not resolutions, because resolutions are a bit stronger than goals. So we kind of give ourselves something to shoot for rather than saying, you have to do this. And then if we're closer to that goal by the end of the year, then it's a win versus feeling like you failed no matter what you did. Exactly. At least that's how I feel about it. We actually usually go on a date and talk about our goals for the year together. Good for you. Yeah, it's really nice. I, I like it. I look forward to it because, you know, I like to plan. So it's, right. it's been really right. nice to, to do that. Yeah. I, yeah, I never got past the whole resolution thing. So, um, so like I said, it was an exercise in futility for me. And I think part of that reason is, as the dictionary definition for resolution is, a firm decision to do or not do something. And I guess I could never um, deal with the firm part. I always just stopped. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. And most people, I don't, I didn't look this up, but most people, I think, stop by like the end of January, like. Oh, yeah. They've decided to do something, they don't keep doing it through January. So that's right. not great progress. Yeah. So, so today we're going to kind of, um, I don't know, analyze as we talk to each other through this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the, the New Year resolution situation. So, Emily, how did New Year resolutions start and why do people even do them? I'm so glad you asked. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I like to learn and I'm kind of a nerd and I like to 
find things out, especially if it's the history of something. Um, so I had uh, a little fun this week finding out the history of New Year's resolutions and why people do them. So according to history.com and the denisonforum.org, sorry, it's just denisonforum.org, not the on there. We'll have those linked in the show notes in case you want to see where I got this information. But both of those places talked about the ancient Babylonians. So about 4,000 years ago, starting a similar thing where they did um, kind of resolutions in their new year. It was called the Festival of Akitu, possibly. Could be called, pronounced a different way, but I don't know, True. ancient Babylonian. True. So, you know, if you do, let me know how it's pronounced. So they didn't make resolutions the way we think of them today. They would make promises to their pagan gods that they'd like pay back their debts and return, thing, return things they'd borrowed from their neighbors and that sort of thing. So like I'll give back the plow or whatever that I borrowed in hopes that the gods would bless them in the following year. So that's kind of where, that is where it started from the sources that I looked at. Um, and I've, these two sources felt fairly reliable compared to the other ones, but all the sites that I looked at kind of agreed that this is where it stems from. And different cultures have done similar things throughout history. So there have been a lot of variations on this in different religions. And then after, um, after Jesus in Christian tradition, this started to become um, something that Christians kind of worked into their tradition as well. And so in 1740, though, most notably, John Wesley, who was the founder of the Methodist Church and, or of Methodism, and, uh, you know, great theologian of his time, he created what was called a covenant renewal service or a watch night service. And so what they would do is people in the church, believers would gather together and they would spend New Year's Eve into New Year's morning reading the Bible, praying, and making resolutions to God about the new year. So kind of recommitting themselves to the new year. Um, so not entirely dissimilar from this festival of, of Akitu, however, more productive because to the true God of the Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yeah. so, you know, a little, little bit more productive than to the, the pagan God. So some um, current day people, and I want to read this verbatim from the History Channel because I love the way that they put it. But in current day resolutions, most people make resolutions to themselves and focus purely on self-improvement is what the history.com said. And I thought that was just really interesting because that's not a, that's a secular site that's devoted to history and telling history, not necessarily from a biblical, biblical perspective. So I just thought that was really interesting. Like in the past, historically, people made resolutions that were more um, outward looking, that were more, you know, spiritual whether it was right or wrong in the direction, um, people made these more kind of external resolutions. Whereas most people now in modern day societies, especially Westernized cultures, right. make these resolutions that are self-focused 
and focused on self-improvement. So I just thought that was really interesting that it said that in the the history.com article that I was looking at this information in. Yeah, it is. It is. And if we, it just, this just goes right along with it. The top New Year's resolutions in America are exercising more, saving more money, eating healthier, losing weight. Um, Those are all pretty self-focused. Some others that I found are like getting organized, Mm -hmm. quitting bad habits, learning a new skill set or hobby. But those also are self-focused. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I saw several others as well, like taking time to meditate or whatever, um, more self-care, things like that. And these, we're not saying these things are bad. So no, don't, no, no, no. don't hear us say those, say it, say that, um, just that these things tend to be more self-focused, more inwardly focused than kind of the way that resolutions originated and um, just shows kind of a shift in culture. So what do you think the reason is that these are more self-focused, mom? Well, I think there are two reasons. And the first one is that we are part of an individualistic culture. The people back 4,000 years ago, um, they were not an individualistic culture. Right. So I think that makes a huge difference. And also the second reason is that we're looking for fulfillment. I don't know if they even used those terms back then. Right. Well, and I'm not sure that people had time to be looking for fulfillment when they lived in like an agrarian or Mm -hmm. (laughs) hunter-gathering type of society because you spend all your time surviving. Right. Exactly. We live in such a changed world. It's amazing. Right. But, you know, we can't really do anything about our individualistic culture unless we want to move to another culture and get away from it. So, right. so we've got that. We're going right. to stay with that. Looking for fulfillment, that's something we can talk about and we can actually work on. So today we're going to focus on the fulfillment reason for New Year's resolutions. Um, I love the teaching pastor at Emily's Church, Brian Jones, and he recently talked about this in a service at their church. And so we're going to link it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. so that you can listen to it if you choose to. But he addresses the desire for fulfillment that we're all looking for. And in his message, he mentioned three Greek words used in the New Testament for fulfillment or life. Those words are bios, which is body or physical, psyche, which is soul or personality, and zoe, which is spirit, which equals everlasting life, full life of God, eternal life. So we look at John 1, 4 in the Bible, and it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Okay, him is Jesus, so in Jesus was life. And the word life that is used here is zoe. It expresses the idea that the fullness of life that we're looking for can only be found in Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, even good things aren't good enough to fill our deepest longings. Right, exactly. Um, And so kind of what we're wanting to say, I think, is that New Year's resolutions are not bad things, right? 
They are right. good things. But like we already said, these are not bad things. But a lot of them are ways that we're trying to fulfill ourselves that will not satisfy us. And when we make these resolutions and we don't meet them, you know, maybe you do meet them. Either way, if we don't meet them, they're going to make us feel like failures. And if we do meet them, which is rare, only 8% of people, according to things that I saw, meet their New Year's resolutions. So if you're in that 8%, one, go you. Two, if you do meet them, it's not going to bring you the satisfaction you were hoping for. It's not going to bring you the fulfillment you were desiring. Um, And I've heard so many athletes and famous people who are rich say that when they got the things they desired, whether it was winning a gold medal in the Olympics or um, gaining wealth and power or whatever, that when they got there, they thought, is this all that it is? It wasn't what they had hoped it would be, right? They were placing their hope to receive fulfillment in these things and they left them empty. Most of us, even Christians, especially in our culture, we try and find fulfillment in things other than Jesus because we have access to so many things, I think, uh, because we're such a wealthy culture here in the Western world. And with New Year's resolutions, we're just, we're trying to fulfill ourselves by changing our habits. And one of the things that Brian mentioned in that sermon that I just thought he said really well was that we don't need new habits. We need a new heart. So we want to talk about how do we get a new heart? Because changing our habits to have good habits is good, right? It's not a bad thing, but it's not going to help us help that soul longing that we have for fulfillment because it's just external. So what we, um, like just putting a bandaid on like something that needs stitches, we want to have heart change so we can have fulfillment in life. So mom, how do we get a new heart? Well, a new heart requires a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We've talked since the beginning of this podcast last April, I think that's when we started. Yeah, last April. <laughs> uh, we've mentioned over and over that Jesus is the one who transforms us. He's the one who brings us fulfillment. I just, um, when I look at how we get a new heart, I see that First, if you're listening today and you're not a believer, you've never experienced a personal relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then the way to have a new heart is to get to know Jesus. And if you are interested in coming to know Jesus personally, we would love to talk to you. Please email us or tag us, post to us some way, reach out to us, or go to Jesus Cares dot com sign mm-hmm. in and there are people there 24 7 waiting to talk to you about having a personal relationship with jesus christ because he brings us a new heart he cleanses us of our sins and he makes us like new for those of us who are christians we have to remember that as long as we're alive here on earth our old nature and our new nature are at war and so we still mm-hmm. make bad choices from time to time we still sin and that will happen until eternity begins at our death or when Jesus comes back 
it's going to take us reevaluating, not reevaluating, evaluating. <laughs> reevaluating? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Well, it's going <laughs> to take is a us, word. we have to really look within ourselves and see if we have any sin in our hearts. Because even right. as a Christian, we can get kind of hard-hearted. We can get into just doing things, doing the motion, and not really working on that relationship with Christ. So right. getting things right with Christ and moving forward in a way that um, just really builds that relationship with Jesus Christ, that restores that heart yeah. for us. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's kind of two things and we'll get into some more pra practical um, applications here in just a second. But I feel like you were talking about mom, it made me think of our relationship with Christ is like a marriage. So mm -hmm. when you're married, you need to talk to each other regularly. So right. and every day is a good you know, time to talk to each other and, right. you know, actually being in communication studies, communication research shows that it's the, it's not sharing the deepest secrets that keeps us close together. It may, those things may help bring us close together, but those don't keep us close together. It's the daily talk that is what keeps us close together. I would submit that that's the same with the Lord. Like that daily talk yeah. is what's going to keep us close to the Lord. You might have a great experience where you bear, you know, all these sins or burdens or, or whatever with the Lord. But if you don't continue with that daily talk with him, just like if you didn't continue with that daily talk with a spouse, your relationship isn't going to stay as close. You're just, you're not going to have that depth of intimacy that you want to have. And like a marriage, you also need times to just get away and be together. So when you're married, it's nice to have a date night every once in a while, or if you can take a night away or a weekend away or a week or whatever, if you have kids, especially, and just focus on being together or, you know, do a class at your church that focuses on being married and doing that in a godly way. Just like that with our relationship with the Lord, it's good to do things that are just refreshing for you and your relationship with God. Maybe it's joining a Bible study or maybe it's having a prayer partner. Um, we'll talk about some more of these ideas in just a second, but it just kind of I've heard that analogy before. I didn't make it up, so don't give me credit right. for it because I'm sure many of you have heard that analogy as well. But it's those kind of two aspects that are important to any relationship that are as important to renewing our heart and continuing to have that fulfillment in Christ that we want. It's that daily talk and then those special times spent following after him and, and developing that relationship. I mentioned it several times. I like practical like tips when someone says you should do this and then they don't tell me how I'm like, but now I need to know how, because I don't know how to do that. So we're going to give you practical tips. Um, I kind of already started that and hinted at that, but we're just going to get down to the nitty gritty. So the real basic first thing is just spend time reading your Bible and be realistic you know, about this. Right. And remember that 
God is talking to us. Emily's talking right. about communication. When we read our Bible, that is God talking to us. Exactly. So you want to be realistic about it. If you haven't been spending time reading your Bible, don't try and read through the Bible in like a year or six months or 90 days or whatever. Start small. That's okay. You can go from nothing to five minutes a day and then you can increase that incrementally once you get five minutes a day down. So you don't have to jump in and be a theologian to read your Bible. You don't have exactly. to understand everything to read your Bible, but start, you know, somewhere, start small. And there are lots of different ways. You don't have to sit down and read your Bible. You can listen to it. There's the daily audio Bible. The Version Bible app has an audio button. Um, there's lots of great Bible studies that you can also listen to. So there's lots of ways you can do that um, if you can't sit down and read, you know, for an extended period of time or even for five minutes, because that can be really hard to do. I totally understand. But be realistic. Start small. Make incremental changes over time, because if you try and jump in and do something big, like with these resolutions, it's probably not going to last very long. But right. if you make a one little tweak, that's probably going to stick because you can, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can handle changing something that's five minutes of my day. Can I handle an entire overhaul of what I do every day in my schedule? Probably not. I'm not great with change, people, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I can handle tiny little tweaks. So be realistic about time spent reading your Bible yeah. and make it a priority. Because if you're not making it the most important thing in your day, then it's probably going to be the least important. Years mm -hmm. ago, I said, I'm, I'm tired of trying to read the Bible through in a year and I get to um, Leviticus. Chronicles. Oh, no, Chronicles. I, I get to Chronicles and then I'm like, I can't do this. Right. So I started so many just reading a chapter a day. No matter what book I'm in, I try to read a chapter a day and let God speak to me through that chapter. I love it because then you don't feel and the pressure of like trying to meet a certain goal. And then you feel like if you're like me, you feel like you've gotten behind. And if you feel like you've gotten behind, then you feel like you have to catch up and then you're overwhelmed because you're trying to drink from a fire hose, right? right. <laughs> so you don't want to do that. You're trying to read all of first and second chronicles in a day. And that's like, kill me now. Um, <laughs> no offense, people who love first and second chronicles. I know you're yes. out there, but it's just really, really hard. So, you know, small, it doesn't even have to be a chapter day, just a no. few verses. You'd be like, I'm going to read five verses a day and that's it. And if I want to read more, then I will. But if I run out of time, five verses a day. So um, make it a priority though, um, because if you don't make it a priority, then it's not going to happen. Right. So like Absolutely. for me, I hate mornings. I hate mornings. I hate getting up. I am not, I don't think I'm unpleasant. I'm just not super responsive. I don't know. You can comment on whether I'm unpleasant or not in the morning. No, she's just quiet. Just don't talk yes. to her. And I don't want other people <laughs> to be loud. Like everyone don't talk for 30 minutes or an hour or two hours. That's fine. No talking. Even though I'm not a morning person, I intentionally, maybe because I'm not a morning person, I intentionally get up before my kids and I get coffee 
and I sit down because I, in the morning, like to just sit down and just be for a little bit. And I drink my coffee and I read my Bible. And if I have time, I'll journal. If I don't have time, then I'll get the kids breakfast stuff. I'll come back and journal later. Doesn't always happen, but it's something that I've made important. Um, and I love sleep and I love sleeping in and I wish I could sleep in every day and then get up and have an hour long quiet time, but that is not the season of life I'm in. So I get up early and I go to bed early because I don't want to be exhausted. So it kind of shapes my whole schedule so that I can make sure and get up early. And maybe that doesn't fit your lifestyle. Maybe you stay up late. That's fine. Does, you don't have to do what I do. Stay up late. Do it at your lunchtime if you have time at lunch. Like I said, listen instead of read. If you have a commute, listen in the car and pray out loud instead of writing things down or praying silently. We make excuses and it is difficult, but if it is a number one priority, we will make it happen. Like for me, drinking coffee in the morning is right up there and I am going to make it happen. Like a few weeks ago, mom and JJ and I, or like a couple months ago, whatever. The other day, mom and JJ <laughs> and I <laughs> stayed together in a hotel and there was no coffee because it's COVID. And so they didn't have the pot in the coffee maker in the hotel room. And there was like, there was nothing there for me to have coffee. And I was like, I'm going to drive to Starbucks to get coffee because it's very important to me to have coffee. And so I try and make it as important to have Jesus every day or have scripture every day as it is to have coffee. That's why I do them at the same time. So if there's something like that for you, there's something that is inextricable from your day. If you have something that's a major priority, like having coffee or exercising or commuting or something like that, attach Bible reading to that. Make those things go together because you're more likely to remember to do it if it's attached to one of those high priorities in your life. Read your Bible, get some accountability, right? Have yes, you know, a spouse, absolutely. a friend, whoever, join a Bible study group, find a mentor. You may have to initiate those things, but if you have some accountability, you're more likely to do it. Another um, thing I want to make sure that we mention is to give yourself grace when you don't do it because it's going to happen. You're going to get up one day late because you stayed up late the night before. And this may be me speaking from experience and you're going to skip it and you're going to be grouchy all day long. <laughs> Maybe this might have happened, you know, every couple of weeks. It's fine. But what I do is the next day I just start over, right? I love oh. Anne of Green Gables. Tomorrow's always fresh with no mistakes in it. That is like, that is a real thing in my life. So I can start over tomorrow. I can start over this afternoon. If I get a quiet moment in the afternoon, I might sit down and read my Bible and be like, God, I'm grouchy. I need you. So don't beat yourself up when you don't do it because you're going to miss. You're, you're going to you know, fall out of the routine. Don't beat yourself up. Start again. It's all right. Tomorrow's fresh. No mistakes in it. Meditating and memorizing scripture is something you can also do. And this may sound really hard because memorizing things can be really intimidating, I think, especially scripture because it's kind of antiquated language sometimes. So a couple of ideas there, have them written around your house. Mom said this before, right? You have things up in your house and you actually notice them and read them and remember. Right. Them. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, if I have things up in my house, I don't notice it. 
anymore. That doesn't well, work for me, but after a while I realize I'm no longer noticing it. So right. it needs to be changed. So but. maybe move it around every week or Yeah. Just find ways to keep it in front of you that you won't just ignore it. So I was gonna say Psalm one nineteen eleven says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So it's very helpful to have scripture memorized. I've known the Lord for 48 years now. And as a teenager in my youth group, and it was memorization was just really important. And we were taught to do it over and over and over. Mm -hmm. So it really came to fruition after my husband died and I'm living alone and just the comfort of scripture verses, God bringing them back to mind when I maybe felt down or lost or just I just can't tell you how important it is to hide it in your heart so that God can just pull it out, whether you have a Bible handy or not. It's not like God reminded me what the reference was necessarily, but right. I knew the word of God. Yeah, You know, those references were not original to the scripture. So just right. numbers, the chapters. Right. If you <laughs> so, know the book though, that was yeah original and, I and usually, helpful to find it. Yeah, I usually do. But I just had to tell you guys, it's just so important to memorize. And Emily is going to share some ways to memorize. I'm just going to steal it from her songs. Oh, go for it. You know, yeah. music is so much easier because there's a rhythm, there's a right. cadence to it that, like she said, this antiquated sometimes language, language doesn't yeah. flow smoothly enough for us to memorize where a song does. There are great programs, especially for kids like Slugs and Bugs is a great show that her boys watch and they have so many scripture songs. And yeah, and you don't have this. to watch the show. You could just yeah. look it up on whatever music thing you have and they'll come up and you can just listen to the songs. They have scripture songs. They also have very silly songs because the guy who does Slugs and Bugs did some of the silly songs for VeggieTales. There's also a song called Poop in a Bag. So if you're looking for that, that's there too. <laughs> but they also put scripture to music. <laughs> I'm just saying my kids love that song. It's about picking up dog poop. So you're welcome for that. <laughs> Mom can't stop laughing now. <laughs> She didn't know I was going to throw that in there. Have you not heard that one? Right. Have you not heard I have it? not heard the Poop in a Bag song. Poop but. in a bag, poop in a bag. Something about fresh hot poop in a bag. <laughs> it's catchy. It's catchy. Yeah. You'll have to listen to it. It's a good one. Anyway. I'm sure I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my kids love that song. But yeah, their scripture is, songs are equally catchy. However, they are scripture, so you know, a little more <laughs> mentally beneficial than singing about dog poop. So yeah, there's also other scripture that's set to music that you can listen to. I don't know if you've ever heard of Seeds Family Worship. So there's lots of options that you can find. You can also just listen to Christian radio station. Um, there are lots of ways to memorize scripture or get, you know, even just scripture adjacent things into your mind and into your heart. Another way to memorize scripture that I really want to try is there's a company called Dwell Differently and they are not paying us anything. I'm just telling you about them because I really want their product. They do temporary tattoos that are like a cool design and they have the first letter of each word in scripture verses and the reference. And so you put the temporary tattoo on 
and they send you like a few for the month. There's one scripture a month. And so you put it on and then every time you see it, you can say the verse and the references there. And I just think that's really cool because I am the type of person who would notice something on my very own body, but I would not notice it on the wall. So, or on the desk or on the table. So if I, for instance, I draw stars on my hand like a child because it helps me remember, like if I'm not somewhere I can write down what I need to do, I will draw a star on my hand if I need to remember something like when we get home, I need to do X. I'll draw a star on my hand. I feel like that is also a good way that dwell differently temporary tattoos could be an excellent way for you to memorize scripture. And you just get creative with it. You don't have to do any of these things that we're suggesting that you do. I had a friend who would um, had a long commute and when she got in her car, she had a little pack of memory verses and she would recite them all out loud before she'd turn her radio on. And she loved listening to the radio. So she made it her incentive to go through and recite all her scripture in her little pack before she turned on her radio. When you find yourself in moments where you have mental quiet, just reciting scripture, like carrying it around in your pocket. Sorry, that was made me sound really old. Or on your phone, because <laughs> you always have your phone with you. Just get a little pocket bag and put it in your pocket. I'm sorry. That's what I would do because I'm a grandma inside. But if you're, you know, a young person on the inside or someone at least my age on the inside, then you could do it on your phone and pull it up in there. So um, that those are just some ideas. There are lots of ways to memorize scripture. Mom, you looked like you wanted to add something to that. I was just laughing because yes, we used to have little cards and put them in our pockets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dad had like a little carrier for his, like a little pack thing, a plastic too. case. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I never saw yours, but I saw his. Mine was in my purse, not my pocket. Well, that's probably why I never saw yours. Those are just some suggestions about how to meditate on or memorize scripture because it's just really important, like mom said, and God will call those scriptures to your mind in times when you need them. And so it's just super, super important. The last thing is prayer. And there are lots of different ways to pray. I personally like to journal because I need to physically write things down to kind of process it. I think I'm an external processor, but I'm not great at processing it verbally. I need to process it through writing it out so I can just get it out. And I like to write. I don't like to type. I have a friend who writes out her prayer, types out rather her prayers on the computer. She has like a file and she just types them out on the computer and you don't have to type or write them out fully. You could do like bullet journal type stuff where you just write specific prayer requests and then jot down any answers or anything like that. Um, or just, you know, jot down things that you're thinking about. You don't have to write them in full sentences. This is your thing. If you want to write something or type something, do it in a way that is helpful to you. You could even pray out loud. I've done this and I know people who have done this. It's actually, it feels real awkward at first because we're not used to just talking out loud to God a lot of the time. I, I do it in my car because usually that's when I'm alone. If I'm alone in the car, especially for a long trip, then I'll just pray out loud. And that is just some of the sweetest conversations that I've had with the Lord, just driving and praying out loud. If you, you know, go on a walk or 
something, have things that you do when you're by yourself, then praying out loud is always an option and a good one. And people may walk up and think you're crazy, but you know what? That doesn't really matter because you're spending time talking to the creator of the universe and that's going to be beneficial to you. Figure out a way that works. You can also do like sentence prayers. I don't know if you've heard of that, but that's um, something I've read about and that I really appreciate also because it's just kind of a reminder to in the moment to pray about what's going on. So I try and do this when I'm in the heat of the moment with a child catastrophe of some sort, usually an emotional one. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll just try and stop and pray like, honestly, just like, God, help me. I've heard um, you can just say, you know, Jesus, your peace, Jesus, your patience, Jesus, your kindness, Jesus, your strength, whatever. Just ask for that thing that you need in the moment. If you're doing this with kids, this is really not a bad thing to do out loud either, actually, because then they may catch on to that and start doing that as well. And, you know, what a great example for them. I should maybe start trying to do that out loud. Throwing those sentence prayers out there, whether it's in your mind or out loud, calling on the Lord, even in just tiny, quick moments. It can be really beneficial. And just like with reading your Bible um, and even in meditation and memorizing scripture, having accountability is super helpful. So having like a prayer partner where you talk or you text with that person, you pray for things together. Mom's mentioned she sets reminders on her phone, like has alarms go off. So she prays at certain times for certain people. These are all different ways that we can implement spending more time in prayer in our lives, because I think that's also really hard to do. It really do is. Mom? It is. Yeah. I, I like the accountability. I, through the years, I've had prayer partners um, different in different towns that we've lived in, and, and those are some of the most special times of prayer that I've had with the Lord, just praying. You know, the scripture says where two or more are gathered in his name, yeah. he's there in the midst of you. And Obviously, he lives in us. He's always with us. He'll never leave us. But just that joining in prayer and praying in agreement together yeah. with someone else, um, maybe your spouse, maybe yeah. a friend from church, yeah. whoever God provides, and you might ask someone if they would join you as a prayer partner. Those are just very, very moving times that I've had with my prayer yeah. partners in deep prayer together, praying for people, praying for a church, praying for a nation. So I really yeah. encourage that. It's an excellent, excellent thing to do. Yeah. And praying with your children, if you have children, is very, very special. One, it teaches them how to pray, but two, it also can just, I think, unite you all together in agreement about things. I remember growing up, us all praying together as a family every night. We always did that together. And that was really um, special and really taught me how to pray and taught me the importance of prayer. But I also remember just times where mom and I would pray together, just the two of us about things when some things were going on in our lives or in the lives of people that we loved. Um, and we would just pray earnestly together. It's really special to pray with a parent and see your prayers answered together. So I'd encourage you to even enlist your parents, if you're an, even if you're an adult, if they're believers, you know, yeah, try and pray with them sometimes or ask them what you can pray for them about. One, you get a level of vulnerability that you might not have had otherwise. Two, it's just, it's very special to pray together. Yeah. Emily and I 
incorporated with our prayers at different times through the years, a time of fasting where we yeah. would agree together to skip a meal or something and spend that time in prayer. And it was just so encouraging and exciting yeah. to see God answer specifically those prayers. So we just encourage you to pray with others. And, and that kind of leads us into the fact that I really want you to understand you're not Lone Ranger Christians. Right. When you give your life to Jesus, you become a part of the family of God. Mm -hmm. You become a part, you become a joint heir with Jesus, which means he's your brother, you're his sister or brother, you're joint heirs uh, under God with Jesus Christ. So we're this huge family and we aren't meant to do things alone. We need those other believers. Right. They are part of God's plan for us to be encouraged, to be nudged on to grow and leave sin behind. So it's, it's just very, very important that we not be Lone Ranger Christians. Now, as I say that, many of us have spent a lot of this year alone away yeah. from our Christian family, our church body, Yeah, which has just impacted me and shown me that how important it is that we have community. Mm -hmm. So using technology right now, I cannot imagine being alive during the influenza pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. Yes. I can't imagine being isolated in those times when they didn't have technology wasn't even a dream maybe in some of their minds, but we have so much access to our friends and family via technology, our telephones, zoom meetings, Marco Polo, Boxer, texting, some people even still have landlines. You know, we really are so blessed to be able to be connected in spite of the isolation right now. Mm -hmm. And we need to really make an effort to be connected with our Christian family. Definitely. I remember, um, well, let me back up. I just want to encourage you that if you are not part of a church family, that you would find one that's local to you. You'd find a church family and you'd just, you know, commit to going to it. My dad used to say that if you were a believer and you didn't have a church, it was like saying, because there were lots of people who would say, well, I like Jesus. And I like the Bible. I'm a Christian. I just don't like the church. And he would say, that's like saying, well, I like you, but I hate your wife because the church is the bride of Christ. And yes, people are still people in the church. And it is easy to be hurt or in a negative experience because of that. But God still calls us to community. And so I hope and pray that you can find community in a local body of believers yes. for mutual encouragement, for their encouragement and yours. And, um, and it will give you the opportunity to learn to forgive. Just a little side. Uh, yeah, which is always <laughs> everyone's favorite, learning to forgive. I mean, I know it's mine. <laughs> And I just also want to say, we're not trying to dissuade you today from exercising or eating healthy or doing a budget or any of those things that people commonly make as New Year's resolutions or from picking a word for the year or whatever it may be. We're not trying to dissuade you from those things. Yeah. These are all good things, like we've mentioned multiple times. However, what we do want this episode to do is just to encourage you to put the best things first. 
that because that's what we want to do in 2021, right? We, right. it's easy to blame 2020 and give it a bad rap, but really it's not 2020's fault. That's just how life is. 2021 could be equally bad and I don't want to discourage anyone, but it could be, um, it could be wonderful. It could be way better also. So there's equal chance of that, but the important things don't change. And so let's make those important things, spending time with the Lord first. Let's make those priorities in 2021. I do want to offer you guys some hope with those other resolutions. One of the things I find as a Christian is that God put the Holy Spirit in me. That wasn't something available in the Old Testament. That's a New Testament covenant situation where mm -hmm. God comes actually to live in us. We have the Holy Spirit's power to break those bad habits. Yeah. We may need people to help us be accountable to, but we do have God to call on to help us make those changes with that weight loss, eating right, exercising, and just to remember yeah. that our body is the home of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. So um, it's good probably to keep it as physically fit as we can so that we can be available to what God calls us to do. Right. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to guilt anyone because I'm a sugar addict and I have an accountability <laughs> partner right now and we're trying to break our habit of eating and drinking sugar. So I just want you to know, we're on the same journey with you, mm -hmm. but we have the hope of Christ in us. We have the hope of change because of Christ in us. And that can spill over into these things that we're making resolutions on. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, like we said, those things aren't bad and those things can be glorifying to God. And if God is prompting you to do those things, those things can be part of the fulfillment and the fullness of life that God is giving you now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We just want to remind you as you refresh your relationship with God, if you have any questions for us about that, or if you've never had a personal relationship, if you've never given your life to Christ, we're available to talk with you via Instagram, Facebook. Just let us know and we'll make sure and reach out to you and help you find those answers that you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. Anything else to add on New Year's resolutions, Mom? The only thing I can think to add is that our New Year's wish for you and prayer for you is to be fulfilled in Christ this year. Mm -hmm. and to see and know the blessings of that relationship. Definitely. All right. Let's talk about some good things for a minute. Want All something right. good in your life, Mom? As hard as it was for your family and those of us here in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. we did our best to isolate ourselves for a good two weeks before Christmas so that you guys could come spend time with us. And what a blessing that has been. It was so good to be together at Christmas. Yeah. I'm just so thankful for that. Yep. It is really nice. We had a lot of fun. The boys yeah. love, love, love getting to be there. And we love it too. It's really nice. So we're glad we got to be there. I do wish it had waited to snow until Christmas instead of like two weeks before, but that's okay. It's Maybe Oklahoma, someday. You know. Right. 
What can I say? That's okay. That's okay. I think my good thing is we had a really good time. We got to spend time with mom and our family in Oklahoma and our family in Shreveport. And it was really nice to see everybody, but it's also just really nice to be home. I love getting to see our family and I love getting to be in my own bed at night. So that's really nice. So it's kind of, I think that's my good thing. And I like New Year's. I like I don't know, starting fresh and maybe it's not starting fresh, but it just feels like we get to kind of start fresh. And so I like it. Well, we hope you all enjoyed today's show and we hope that you will share some of your good things with us. You can do that at uniquely you podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And we'd love to hear what your good things are or what your maybe new goals or resolutions are for the year. We would love to, you know, support and encourage you in those things. So we hope that you found the things that we've shared today helpful. And again, we, our goal is not to overwhelm you with these things. We want you to do things that are going to um, draw you closer to Christ. And we want to always encourage you to do what you can to draw closer to the Lord and to find out more of who he made you to be. If you enjoy this podcast and feel encouraged, please rate us five stars in your podcast app and leave us a comment. We would love to see what you have to say and what you're enjoying about the show. Also, if you would like to find out more about your personal uniqueness, go to tandem.coach to learn about that. And you can talk to the lovely and talented Charlie. Um, You can also do that if you have questions and want to like have a live chat with somebody about what it means to become a Christian. She's great at those kinds of conversations and she would be so thrilled to talk to you about that. Just sign Um, up for the 30. Yeah. The free 30 minute consultation. Yeah. Just she'd be happy to talk to you about that. I'd be happy to talk to you about Jesus. So also remember our next episode will be in two weeks. So we'll be back then. We promise We uh, love you guys, and we're thankful for you in the new year. Mom, will you pray for us? I will. Dear Lord, even as many of us continue to wish those around us a happy new year, remind us of who and what makes us truly happy. You tell us in Psalm 146.5 that the person who is happy is he who has God for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. May we worship you, trust in you, and serve you this year, and find our happiness in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again. We'll talk to you guys in two weeks.